Hello, everyone. It is time for announcements here at church. I know you love announcements, and I love giving you the announcements. Hey, this Wednesday, uh, it's the 28th at 6.30 p.m., we have our next Night Watch Night. That is a night of ministry and prayer, and uh, we'll have some acoustic worship. It's going to be a great night. Uh, you know, lots of prayer, really good thing to be a part of. So that's this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Also coming up soon is our next baptism. Uh, we go to Bay Honda. We go to the Calusa side. Uh, that's going to be July 8th at 9 a.m. at the beach there. We play acoustic worship. Uh, we do some baptisms. And it's, it's a great event to be a part of. You can sign up on the app uh, if you want to be baptized. So, uh, yeah, do that. And if you just want to be a part and, and see the baptisms, that's a great event to be a part of. July 19th uh, is going to be our family fun night. We're excited to bring that event back after a little bit of a break. We set up our bounce houses. We invite the community to bring their kids. It's an air-conditioned night with bounce houses, and we usually do hot dogs. And uh, I think we do. Don't, don't, uh, don't quote me, though, if we don't do hot dogs, but I'm pretty sure we do. So yeah, family fun night. Bring your kids. Uh, that'll be 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. I know it's a Wednesday, but great, fun. Be a part of that. Volunteer for that event as well. We'll have a sign up for that on the app soon. Uh, download our apps. Uh, there's more info on the website and the apps as well. And yeah, really, that, that's kind of it for me, you know. With all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Hey everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop in here. We had a great time at worship at 8, and so we're looking forward to doing that again with you. We're continuing on in our series called Sword Sharpening, and uh, today we're going to sort of start a, an overview of the storyline of the Bible. So get your Bible, get a coffee, get comfy, get ready, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It's great to see your faces and hear all your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning in case you don't know the flow. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We're in sword sharpening part five. Um, yeah, because we had a 4.5 last week from Pastor Billy, which was really good. But before we dive into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are so thankful for your presence here this morning. We are thankful for the great privilege of gathering together with brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for what you've been doing in our hearts and our lives through the week, for showing up and making yourself known, for being present, because you are the God with us. This morning, Papa, as we settle our hearts, 
Would you help us to set our distractions aside? So that we can focus fully on you. We can be complete worshipers. We can be good receivers, acceptors of your word. And good applicators of your word as well. We love you so much, Papa. You are so good to us. And when we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect, mercifully hear us, Lord God, and grant that we, to whom you have given a sincere desire to pray, may be defended and strengthened by your mighty power in all dangers and adversities. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now, and I always try to encourage us all to sing out. Lift your voices, participate as we worship the Lord here today. We're going to see the words on the screen so you can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Jesus, we are here for you.
assurance Jesus is mine and oh what a foretaste of glory divine I'm an heir of salvation I've been purchased by God I'm born of His Spirit And I'm washed in His blood This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day
and happy and blessed Cause I'm watching and waiting I'm looking above I'm filled with His goodness And lost in His in your mighty love I don't know how to say exactly how I feel I can't begin to tell you what your love has meant I'm lost forward Is there a way to show the passion in my heart? Can I express how truly great I think you are, my dearest friend? <laughs> oh, this is my desire, right here, right now. To pour my love on you Like oil upon your feet Like wine for you to drink Like water from my heart I pour my love on you It's not a waste If praise is like perfume I'll lavish mine It's not a waste 
glory and honor and praise. Sing worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. I am so happy to see you. And God is so always happy to see you. Do you know that? Yeah, he's always happy to see you. Yes. Okay. So today's Bible story comes to us. Actually, you can find it in two books, the book of Matthew and the book of Mark. 
end, our story goes like this. Jesus and his disciples, his friends, they're traveling to an area where mainly Jews live. And do you know what Jews are? Not, not Jews, Gentiles live. And Gentiles are non-Jews, right? They're not Jewish people. They're Gentiles. They don't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? So what happens is that Jesus heals the people and Jesus is teaching the people, right? And the crowds are building up and Jesus sees that there are many, many people around him, right? And in Mark 8, 2, he says, I have compassion for these people. God has great compassion, right? And he says, they have already been with, been with me three days and they have nothing to eat. So he saw that the people were hungry, right? And he told his disciples, I can't send them home, right? They might faint along the way. And his disciples were like, Jesus, where can we get all this fish to feed these people? There's too many, right? And Jesus asked them, how many, how many, um, loaves of breads do you have, right? And Jesus, and they tell, they tell Jesus, seven loaves of bread. So Jesus tells everyone to sit down. You remember? Yes, cool. So he tells everyone to sit down, just like you guys are sitting down. So the whole crowd, thousands of people sit down and Jesus takes the loaves of bread and he thanks the Lord and he breaks them into pieces. And then he, he knows that the disciples have some fish and he blesses the fish too. And guess what, guys? That's right. There's enough fish and enough bread for thousands of people. Everyone ate and they were full and they had seven baskets of pieces of food left over. Isn't that a miracle? It's a wonderful miracle, God, right? Yeah. It reminds us, right, that Jesus provides for our physical needs, but Jesus gives us so much more, right? Jesus satisfies our soul. Do you know how? He gives us forgiveness. He gives us peace with God, and he gives us life with him forever. Isn't that amazing? So amazing. Okay. Oops, I forgot. No, I did the Bible verse. Good. You guys ready to do the Bible verse with me? Okay, now repeat after me with one voice, okay? So we have to be good listeners, Jackson. Thanks. You're doing an awesome job, Jackson. Good job. Good. All right, ready? Mark 8, 2. Mark 8, 2. I have compassion. For these people, they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Wow, you guys are amazing. Really, really good. Yes, sir. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him, Pastor Adrina will pray for them and will send them off to Children's Church. Okay. Okay, baby, do you want one? Oh, I can't reach over there, sorry. All right, guys, ready? We're going to pray. Ava, would you like one? Okay. 
All right, ready, guys? We're going to pray. So we're going to talk to the Lord. Who wants to talk to the Lord? Raise your hand if you want to. Awesome. So we get to do that now, okay? So let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Ready? Okay. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the children, Lord God. I pray the little ones will understand the amount of love that you have for them even deeper today, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that they will know, Lord God, when they're not satisfied, Lord, that they will run to you, Lord God, for you can satisfy them. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Amen. All right, good job. Go ahead. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Amen. Have fun, children. Yes. Obey your teachers, please. Learn well. Got some thunder happening. Snacks and crafts. Huh? Snacks and crafts. Yeah. Snacks and crafts. (laughs) Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. And uh, it's good to be back. I was not here last weekend. I was not oh, feeling well. Right. And, uh, dude. That's right. Yeah, he had a cold, but it was really, really bad. <laughs> he had a man cold. Yeah, well, okay. Anyway, he's all better. He's anywho. all better. No, seriously, in 40 years of full-time ministry, that's the first Sunday he's called in sick. I mean, we've been out on Sundays, so there you go. Yeah. So if you see Pastor Billy, give him a hug around the neck because yeah. he, he came up and I called him Saturday morning and said, hey, dude, I'm not well. So he good was friend. like, oh, you don't sound well. He's a dear friend, yes. So he stepped up. Thank you for doing that. But it's great to be back. It is good to have you back, dear. Uh, So if you still not, uh, I still sound funny to myself, so I don't know how it sounds to you, but but definitely much better. Yes. Yeah. Okay, fine. (laughs) If if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code is for you. Point your smart device at it. You'll get a link to our digital connect card. Name, uh, phone number, email address is what it will ask. We will send you texts and emails for the next five or six weeks, and then uh, we'll, they'll taper off. We also have gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. Get a nice little welcoming gift that we have for you. Before we pray for our neighbors, I have two things. Um, the first one is, so starting this Wednesday, there'll be a midweek study online uh, posted up. You can find it at keysvineyard.org. It's actually on the PostScript page, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of those apps that we just put up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll try and get that up every Wednesday at some point. And um, you can go and watch that whenever it's convenient for you. If you'd like to ask questions or comment about that, you need to be signed into the PostScript group, which mm-hmm. you should probably do anyway. But that will be happening starting this week. Also, Wednesday, we have our night watch yes. for um, this Wednesday. This, uh, this time we do it once a quarter. Night yeah. watch is a evening of sort of um, intimate worship, and then we just press into the Lord and look for what He's doing. We hang out with Holy Spirit. We pray for folks. We mm-hmm. do all that cool stuff. Yeah. So 
Uh, it's a nice little ministry night. That'll be at yes. 6.30 on Wednesday this week. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll have fun. It's one of our favorite nights. And the nights. midweek Bible study. And the midweek and Bible the study, yeah, yeah. That'll job. be up on Wednesday at some point, uh-huh. so you can watch it. It'll stay up for a week, so when you get That's to it. Great. But the, in the midweek, what I'm doing is I want to talk about more studying, the, it all ties into the series, but study methods, how to, different ways to really study right. the Bible. So right. uh, it will uh, fit in nicely with what mm-hmm. we're doing on the weekend, cool. and we're going to continue on in our series today called Sword Sharpening, which is all about how to make the most of your time with the Bible. I think this is really important, yeah. and we're going to dig back into there in just a moment. Um, I, you know, the bank keeps calling me to give me compliments. They keep uh, saying, I have an outstanding balance. Oh, that's, that's outstanding. Yep, that's, and that's as good as it gets. He's got two more, so... I like this one. Hang on. First day of school, the teacher says to her class, there are two words I don't allow in my class. One is gross, and the other is cool. And little Johnny raises his hand and says, so what are the words? Yeah, it's just not that great, love. I think it's hilarious. I I don't know how that's missing. Okay. It's got to be in the delivery. Do a lot of texting lately, and... uh, you know, what does IDK stand for? Everybody asks, says, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Boop. Pray for us. Lead I us in will. the reading of the Word. All right. Let's try to pivot and pray and read the Word together, shall we? Lord, you're so good to us. We are so grateful for your presence here this morning. And as we read your Word and we talk about the light and the darkness, I am struck By John the Baptist saying, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You took away our sin, you took away our darkness, and you light our way. May each of us this week see you in a deeper, more intimate way. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word. The text today is out of the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You all can sit. So that... uh passage is so powerful. And really the first chapter of John is amazing. And the way I see it, the way I see the first chapter of John is, is this, that John writes this gospel and he, he sort of records the miracles of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and how amazing it is. And, and as he's done putting all that together, he, he needs something that sets it together. And he begins to write John 1 at that point. Everything else I believe is written. And this is like a prologue. And the apostles 
are just putting together the story that they understood. See, they, they know the backstory, the apostles. They understood everything that was happening leading up to Jesus. And now that Jesus has come, everything begins to make sense in a way that it never did before. And, and you can read that in the Gospels. They're recording that all these things that are happening. It's just, it's just wild. And so John, when he sits down, he wants to make sure that everybody is drawn into the entire story. And so from the very beginning of John 1, in the beginning, what's he doing? He's tying this back into the very first chapter in the Bible, the very first recorded words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then he, he starts sort of developing the story about light coming to overtake darkness and Jesus comes as, as the Word made flesh. And uh, it's, it's just this powerful sort of revelation of things that are happening. And it brings together the whole story. Now, this is really important for us to understand the Bible, is to know the storyline of the Bible, how it fits together. And I'm going to attempt over the next eight weeks or so to uh, sort of give you a brief summary of how I would break down the Bible in a way to remember it so that the whole story works together. And so the storyline of the Bible is what we'll be talking about. But I will refer to it as his story, because I've done that for years, and you'll remember that. Remember, I talk about his story all the time. It's Jesus' story. He's the noun. He's the center of the story. He invites us into his story. We're the adjectives. We live in a way that describes the noun. And that's how it all works together. But it's such a powerful story. So to this point... I've said some things about the Bible that I want to make sure you have in you as we begin to engage it. Let me say my stated purpose in this message, in this series, is that by the end of this series, or at some point, hopefully along the way, the Bible opens up to you in a way that perhaps it never has, and you look forward to a daily time in the Bible. That it's not a chore, it's not like, oh, I can't wait to get it over with you. Actually, if you don't, for some reason, get to it, you go, oh, I missed that. And that's my hope. The Holy Spirit will land that on you at some point in time that this change begins, and I think it's going to help to know how the story works together. So, so far, what we've talked about is I said that the Bible is pointing to Jesus. The, the whole book, from the beginning to the end, is all pointing at Jesus, and you'll see him throughout the Scripture. I've also told you this is a library of books. So it's not just a book. It's 66 books. Um, they were written over a 1,500-year period over 40 different human authors, all inspired by God who ties it all together. And there's different genres of books, and there's, you know, because there's history books and poetry books, and there's law books, and there's personal letters, and there's prophetic letters. And um, there's two testaments, and the first one was written in Hebrew and Aramaic, and the second testament, or the New Testament, was written in Greek, so not in the languages that we're used to. Uh, and, and so it's a library of books. You need to know that. I've also said, we've made this point numerous times, that it's written for us but not to us. This is huge because if we're not careful, we'll try and force our 2023 worldview onto ancient text, and you can't do it. You have to get into the mindset of the people to whom it was originally written to and the original author's intent. And that's really important. And then context. Holding it all in context, and again, we, we have a, if we're not careful, we'll take a verse and we'll make it into something that it's not. And you have to hold the verse in context. Context not only of what's happening before it and after it, but what kind of book it's written in, when it was written, who it was written to, all of that matters. 
in rightly dividing the word of truth. So uh, these things are important. So to help with that idea of context, we bring in then the idea of the storyline, the overall story of what's happening. Because in order to live the full and abundant life that we're called to in a broken planet and a fallen world, um, we have to be shaped and formed by his story. And so we need to know how it works from beginning to end. Uh, and that knowing that in this story we learn about creation and how we fell into sin and how redemption is made possible in Jesus to the ultimate renewal of all things that's coming, we have to understand how that all works together in the story. And if we don't, the problem that we have is, is we really can't understand how good the good news is. We, we can't really grasp how magnificent the gospel is. And that's, you know, the, the part that most of us have come into. If you're sitting in the room, I believe you've probably encountered Jesus. And, and for most of us, we sort of get the story from that viewpoint. And yet, if we don't take a step and get the entire story, it's very hard to describe how you're living and why you're doing it. And it's hard to make it known to people, which is part of what we're supposed to do. And it's, it's hard to experience the fullness of everything that's happening. So it's, it's kind of like coming into a movie at the most important part, and, and you, you, you sort of will get pieces of what's happening because it's important, but you don't really know why it's happening or why it's there in the story. And so we want to sort of grab a hold of those things so that we know them together. I was, uh, when I think about those sort of missing important parts of a movie. And we'll have, Alice and I will have this, we'll find a series or something that's, uh, we like old crime series and stuff from England. And we'll find one and, uh, and she'll say, well, let's just start at the most recent series. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. We got to go back. She said, well, there's 26 years. I don't care. We got to go back. Because <laughs> I'm going to miss something in the story and I can't deal with it. And then she said, well, just forget the whole thing. I said, okay, I'd rather forget it than start in 20... So we have these conversations uh, <laughs> all the time. Maybe you can relate, maybe you can't. But it's like whenever they release a new Marvel or Star Wars thing, I'm like, I think I need to go back to the beginning because I've forgotten how the story worked. Well, in the Bible, I don't ever want you to forget how the story works because it's so critical for us to understand it in a way that we, we're not easily swayed uh, or taken away in the things that don't make sense. And there's a huge possibility in our current culture for people to try and make an entire deal out of a verse or two that they've taken out of context. And because they're in the Bible, if we're not careful, we can get swayed by those things. So you, so you need to hold on to the whole story. And that's what I want to do together. And so I'm going to break it down into eight sections this week. And then over the next eight weeks, we'll look at it a section at a time. And uh, it's so fascinating uh, that I, I love to sort of share this part of uh, the story. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we can do it together. By the end, I, I want you to at least be able to sort of have an idea about what those eight sections are over the next eight weeks. So I think you can do it because I'll just keep saying them over and over again. And uh, it will ultimately stick. That's the way things happen. So each one of these sections I'm going to give a kingdom of God heading to. Now remember, we've talked about this a lot. When I say kingdom of God, don't go to a place and you start thinking he's talking about heaven. I am not. That's not when you read kingdom of God in the scriptures. I'm not talking about heaven. It's talking about the rule and reign of God. God's authority to rule and reign. God-godding 
if there's another way to think. That's what, what kingdom of God means. So not uh, geography. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this together, this whole story, and tie it together. So the first little section will be, I'm calling Kingdom Revealed. This is the rule and reign, the authority of God, God getting revealed about how it's supposed to look. And it's just the first two chapters of Genesis. It's a nice, easy section. They're not going to be all that small, uh, or else there'd be like a thousand sections. So uh, two chapters, and we'll dig into this more next week. But you need to know Genesis 1 and 2, in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now that first verse is sort of like a heading of what's going to happen over the next two chapters. There's a little pause there, and, in, and then it gets defined over what's going on. And right away, we're introduced in verse 2. We'll look at this next week to the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all in the work. You know, there's no, the, the earth is um, without shape, and this Holy Spirit hovers over the waters, and God the Father speaks, and that's the Word, that's Jesus that we learn about in John 1.14. So picture Trinity, boom, second verse right there. Everybody's in, all the main players are there. It's a big deal. And then what happens is, in those first two chapters, God is creating a cosmic temple. You've heard me talk about that, but you need to... It's a place where heaven and earth connect. And heaven and earth are realms, spiritual realms and an earthly realm, where they connect. And the heart of God, from the beginning is that there will be a place on this planet. This planet will be a place where he dwells and where his human family dwells and where his divine or spiritual family, sort of the angels, that they're already in existence at this point. Um, we're all going to dwell together and hang out. That's the heart of God. God doesn't need that. God just wants that. It's the heart of God. He, he, he doesn't need us, but he wants to be in relationship with us. God is you know, completely cool by himself, but it's his heart that he wants to be together here. And so this cosmic temple, it's what happens. It's this, this picture of Eden being developed in stages. It's a temple being made. It's a definite real heaven and earth connection point um, that we have on the planet. We're all going to dwell together there. We're given vocation too. With, and, and what he says is, look, here, here's what it looks like. This is Eden, this cosmic temple. The rest of the planet is good, but it's not like this. And we're going to partner together. And we're going to go make it all like this. That's the heart of God. That's how it's supposed to happen. Well, what happens is there's a rebellion. And this rebellion, this kingdom rebellion, people rebel against the rule and reign of God. And we'll look at that in Genesis 3 through 11. And so you, you need to know in these three that there's three stages of this rebellion. We often blame everything on the fall in Genesis 3, but there's two more acts of rebellion. One is the flood, and the other one is the Tower of Babel. And all three, there's significant things that happen, so we need to be aware of them. So, so this is not going to be that hard to remember these sections and the main events, right? You've got a cosmic temple, heaven and earth connecting in the beginning. Then you've got a rebellion where um, parts of the spiritual family that we'll talk more about and the human family all say to God, basically, we're going to go our own way. And those, uh, that, the result is those three events. Fortunately, God never gives up on us or his initial plan. He never does. And so uh, he makes a covenant, an agreement uh, that we can find out about beginning in Genesis 12 through 15. At the end of Genesis you know, 10 and 11, at the end of the rebellion there, what we see is that God basically says to the nations, fine, you don't want me, you're on your own. And he cuts them loose. Uh, and, and yet he keeps one nation for himself, Israel. That begins in Genesis 12. Guess who you meet? Abraham. He's the beginning of that nation. And so in the rest of those chapters, 
What you need to really remember is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. That's, that's, and there's a lot that goes on with that, but just if you have that in there to hold the story together. And we see the development of the nation of Israel, and by the end of Genesis, we see Joseph is in Egypt, and the 70 or so uh, people that are that point in time making up the family of Israel go to Egypt. Everything is good for a while. Then it goes south, and they end up in slavery and in bondage of 400 years. And, uh, and, and, and then we move into what I call kingdom foreshadowed, what, what God wants it to look like. And that begins with the Exodus. Exodus, you know, is something I love to talk about, and we'll get back into the Exodus, but, but it, it shows God showing up on the scene and rescuing his people from slavery and bondage. And he demonstrates that he's the one true God. And each one of the plagues that we read about in Exodus is him showing one of those false gods or little g-gods that he's more powerful than them. And he, he rescues his people. He brings them into the promised land. And he begins to teach them how they can trust him and how the human family is supposed to live. That's what happens in the Ten Words. This is what it would look like. It's not, it was never intended as this is how you get saved, the Ten Commandments. This is how, you, if, if you're a child of God, if you're part of the family of God, this is what you do. You love others. You love God. You love your neighbor as yourself. You, you do these things. It's just part of who you are. And, and so all this is happening as we go. And another big thing in that Exodus account is that it's, a, it's the heart of God. As soon as he gets them set free, right, you need to build a tabernacle. Uh, and it's uh, that word tabernacle. It's, a, it's another picture of a connection, a heaven and earth connection, because we lost it in the rebellion. But it's the heart of God to have it. Build a tabernacle so my presence can come and be with you, because that's what I want. It's different than it was in the beginning, but there's a very real connection point in tabernacle. And in John 1.14, if you see when, when the word became flesh, he tabernacles amongst us. It's a big deal. So that presence of God, the very real presence, then is moved into temple where he's there for a while. But the rebellion is continuing at this point in time. And um, uh, ultimately, because of the rebellion, uh, the temple is destroyed. The presence of God leaves again. And uh, the people of God are taken off into exile. That's where a lot of the Old Testament is happening. They're in exile. And God raises up a group of people called prophets, and they begin to speak about a coming time when God is going to set all this straight, that someone in the line of David will come and reestablish the throne, and there'll be a way for all of us to be reconciled once again. So you need to know that that's happening in the Scripture, and that's what the prophets do. They're pointing to Jesus. There's a little quiet time of like 400 years. It must have been a long 400 years. Things are happening, but we don't have scripture for it. Then we move into the Second Testament, the New Testament, and I call this chunk kingdom incarnate. It's that God comes, fully God, fully man. Jesus enters the scene, and he demonstrates to us what humanity is supposed to look like. He lives the life that none of us could live, a life without sin. And then willingly goes to the cross on our behalf where he defeats the power of sin and the power of death by rising again and he makes a way for us in him to be reconciled back to God. And that's what the Gospels are all about. And you'll see that happening and that's the heart and, and the, you know, the, the center of what the Gospels are pointing to which takes us into this next chunk. This would be the chunk we're in. I call it kingdom tension. 
tension in the rule and reign of God. And when I say tension, it's, it's because we live in the now and the not yet. And this is an important thing to understand when you read the Bible. Because we have a tendency to say it's either all now or none of it's now. And both are not correct. It's here in part, but it's not fully here. He's inaugurated the kingdom, but until he comes back, it won't be there. But lots of things are happening now. Not everything is happening now, but lots of things are happening now. And we don't like tension. It's easier for us to go, it's all this or it's all that. It's just not how we're called to live. And this kingdom tension is what you read about in Acts and through most of the book of Revelation. Fortunately, we're not alone. Holy Spirit's with us. And it's so cool that for all believers, Jesus has sent Holy Spirit. And this gets back to the whole connection, the heaven and earth connection. So Holy Spirit now dwells in you. Holy Spirit, so Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I, I think, I often think the magnanimousness, the immensity of whatever that word is, <laughs> is we, we, maybe we just can't handle it. But the God who did everything lives in us somehow. Holy Spirit's here. And the scripture tells us in the New Testament that we're now the temple. We're the place where heaven and earth meet because Holy Spirit is in us. And, and so not only corporately, the church is the temple individually. You're the temple. So Holy Spirit now lives in you, which is a big part of the entire story. And we have all those things going on. And he helps us. He empowers us. He leads us. He guides us. And we're also restored to that original vocation now where we're partnering with God to make a difference on the planet. That's mission. That's what we're all called to. And we do this until he returns. And when he returns, that's what what we're looking for. That's the kingdom consummated. And that's the last two chapters of the Bible. So the beginning section and the last section are just two chapters each, but they're powerful. And so you know the story. And I I say it all the time, but to make sure this little passage, such so powerful, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was... No longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, doing what? Coming down out of the heavenly realm from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That's the old order of stuff. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Write it down. You should probably write it down even now. I'm making everything new. He is. And, and so when he returns, he's making everything new. And the picture there from Revelation 21 and into Revelation 22 is, is that um, heaven and earth connect again. And it's here. The planet is renewed and restored. You, as believers in Christ, get new physical resurrected bodies. There's a point for that. They're not meant to float off and hang out in the clouds forever, playing a harp. They're meant to dwell here with God in, in the way that it was intended from the beginning. God never gave up on that original plan. He never said, oh, well, that's done. Uh, now we'll do something different. No, he's, he's now made a way for us to come back. That's the story. So that when you come to know Jesus, you're popped into the story and you need to know how the whole thing fits together because it makes a difference. Otherwise, we settle for, we know Jesus so we can go to heaven. 
That's a lot of people's understanding, and it's a miss. You get to go to heaven if this body wears out before Jesus comes back. It will be really cool. It's going to be around the throne. You can read about it in Revelation. The worship is going to be like off the charts, right? I mean, it's just well, and and the presence of God there. We sing about all the time, and the you know the 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 divine family is up there going, even that, holy, 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 and it just keeps coming in waves, right? Because it's so amazing. But a time is coming then when Jesus comes back. And as believers, we get new physical bodies and we dwell with him forever here on a perfect planet the way it was intended. See, that's the bigger story. That's a much better story than a lot of people have. Yeah, I, well, it is. And, and when you get the whole story then you're able to live out the gospel in the way it was intended and you won't settle for these weird little things that pop up all over. Because you get the whole... And you go, oh, no, no. The, listen, I don't, I don't have to l- listen to a bunch of weird stories. I got a way better story. I don't need to know why the world is a mess. I know who's making it a mess. And I know how he gets dealt with ultimately. And I'm just going to keep you know, doing what I can against him. You know how we stand against him is we tell people about Jesus. That's what we're called to. That's our vocation. So this makes a difference, and we'll start digging into each of those sections in the weeks ahead. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I will limit it to a week at a time because I could go forever. But I won't. Ministry team is here on your head over the wall. People on the way to that wall, they're here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, make sure you get it. Let me say this while they're getting ready. Look, the gospel message was in there. Uh, Jesus came and lived the life that we couldn't so that we could be reconciled to God because we've all chosen to go our own way. And he invites us into his story. And the way that we respond is we say yes to him. That's it. He's done all the hard work. We say yes to Jesus. And it's in a prayer of faith that, that basically says, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you have never prayed a prayer like that, please... Do it now. It's how you start your part in this story. It's, that, it's just, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that prayer in faith starts everything. And the Holy Spirit comes and begins to change your world. So please, if you've never done it, pray that prayer. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Amen. We'll have people at the wall here in a minute. But this is the time of the service where we have words of knowledge or something some of us on staff will get. And I... I know that um, Alicia has one, and I have one. You can come up. Okay. Um, as Steve was preaching, I just felt like there's somebody here, and you're just not sure if Jesus is real. You're just not sure if God is real. And he is, and this is your sign. Um, when you were little, you had a yellow bike. So if that hits anybody, the Lord wants you to know he's real, and he wants you to come home. That's amazing, because last night I got a word about there was someone who had a painful child. There was a very painful childhood, and that the Lord this weekend is drilling down on it, that he wants to heal it. So that's amazing. That's awesome. (laughs) Maybe they had a yellow bike, apparently. Um, Isn't it cool how Holy Spirit works? (laughs) Um, I just wanted to share an experience with you that I had during worship this morning. As Billy was singing, this is my story, this is my song, I was praising the Lord for changing my story. I was praising him and praising him. And I felt like he said to me, look up. I was standing in the back. I looked up and I see you all, right? Standing, worshiping, sitting, whatever you're doing, I see you all. He said, do you see my people? And I said, yes, I see them. 
And he said, I don't want to just change their Sunday morning. I don't even just want to change their life. I want to change their eternity. And I just really felt like the Lord, someone here needs to know that your life and how you spend it and your eternity and where you spend it is so immensely precious to the Lord. And amen, that's it. He just loves you so much. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Alicia. If, and I'm going to add this. If any of you need mercy for someone, you need to give someone mercy, go let Alicia pray for you. She has the key. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Cool. Good deal. All right. Thank you, church, for your amazing generosity. We love partnering with you. We get to do so many cool things. I, it's, it's awesome. Thank you for your faithfulness to giving, tithing, offering, all those things that you do. Let's sing doxology, and we will... Dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your day. Hopefully it's not raining out there anymore, if it was. And uh, if you can, get out there, catch some fish, whatever you can do. Be kind to one another, and uh, we'll see you soon. Love you guys. Thanks for watching online. Love you guys. I didn't. I forgot to tell them. Read Genesis uh, chapter one and two for next week, and we'll be uh, taking a dive into there. And I'm really looking forward to that. So we're done with review. We're going to head into Kingdom Revealed. Yes, 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 Yay. yes. Kingdom Revealed next week. Kingdom Revealed. Love yeah. y'all. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.